0: Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.
1: Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. I'm your host for this one, John Siegley, recording today with Don Callahan. Don, I know we did the podcast earlier in the week, kind of just recapping the recruiting stories that had come out over the holiday break. But I wanted to get you back on here because as we alluded to in that podcast, UNC has what I think is the biggest recruiting weekend of the entire year coming up this Saturday. Well, I guess over this weekend. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that so we can kind of do a official visit centric podcast here. Um, But, you know, first off, thanks for coming on here with me so soon after we just talked earlier on in the week.
0: No, it's 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 fine. I mean, it's obviously uh the official visit stuff has been consuming my week with a lot of things that I've been doing, but um, you know, I'm always happy to be on with you, John, even though it's an it's it's a bonus. It's it's kind of like um, you know, an extra extra sort of serving of of Don and John this week.
1: That's it exactly. Well, I mean, hey, I figured the the, the situation definitely warrants it because this is kind of the make or break weekend for this recruiting class, I feel. Um, as we mentioned, you know, back when there was the initial signing day in December, we both kind of felt good, I would say, about the, it was 16 kids or 14 who signed back in December? It was, four,
0: it was 14. They, 14. They had
1: 15 commits, 14
0: of them actually signed.
1: Okay. And yeah, I, and I think the general vibe was it was a good start to the class, but that Carolina still had some work to do to really kind of maybe get make this a class separate from previous ones in terms of class ranking and just quality of prospects. And would you agree that this weekend is basically the, the end of that road in terms of reaching that achievement? Yeah,
0: because uh, for the most part, uh, I mean, UNC, like you mentioned, signed a, a very good class in December. um, But several of UNC's top targets still Remain out there unsigned, and um, the majority of them are actually going to be officially visiting this weekend, including several at a position of need, on the offensive line. So, so yeah, it's it's a it's a big weekend because of who's coming, the amount of the the quality. It's it's both a quality and quantity sort of situation this weekend.
1: Well, let's just jump right into it. Then I saw the story that you posted on the Tar Pit football message boards highlighting what you uh, described as the seven crucial targets. So Mm -hmm. let's just start there. Um, Who were those seven guys that that you wrote about, Don?
0: William Barnes, who's a four-star offensive lineman out of Apaca, Florida. Jamarcus Chapman, a defensive lineman, probably going to end up being a D-tackle, but probably will start out as a a defensive end from uh, Rome, Georgia. Uh, Joshua Azudu from Archer High School in, in Georgia. Anthony Grant, a running back from Beaufort, Georgia, which happens, UNC also happens to have a, a Beaufort uh, signee uh, from this class who um, was very close friends with, with Grant that will help this weekend coming up. Antoine Green is a wide receiver out of Rockledge, Florida. Ed Montillis is from the same high school as, as uh, uh, William Barnes, Apaca High School in Florida. And this is one of my favorite names of all time. Cavassier Smoke I is a running back. Say that. <laughs> is a running back out of Alabama. Between him and there is a running back in the 2019 class named Steel Chambers. Those nice. are probably my two favorite names of all time so far.
1: That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, Cavassier Smoke made in terms of just like having a name that you can't wait to hear the announcers pronounce and Mm -hmm. say yeah his is up there
0: (laughs) absolutely so so those are the those are the seven and there are actually the the seven that aren't committed or signed to North Carolina there there are six verbal commitments that will be officially visiting North Carolina this weekend of those DeAndre Highlands has not signed so that's going to be important to kind of seal things up although he has not shown any signs of wavering but the fact that he isn't signed, it kind of leaves that door still has the potential to open up for other schools. So you obviously he he's an important one, too, although I I didn't single him out in, in this uh in this report.
1: Yeah. And as far as uh, DeAndre Hollins is concerned, as you said, I'm not that worried about it simply because of the fact that he has nothing else scheduled. If he was going to take visits, I think we would have known about him by now, or at least I would hope so. So I'm with you, Don. I don't I don't think there's any cause for concern with Hollins.
0: Yeah, I haven't received any sort of information whatsoever that he's visiting other schools. But I will say, it's just because we don't know doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. We, there there are several visits. Nick Fullwater comes to mind that uh, we found out about kind of at the last minute. But um, you know, it, it's it's important for DeAndre Hollins to have a good experience this weekend especially considering he has not visited campus he hasn't visited any campuses as far as i know but he hasn't visited north carolina since he verbally committed way back in in june at the freak show
1: oh man so it's been a while well hopefully this weekend the weather holds out and and you know kind of puts the campus in its best light so out of those seven guys don i know that we've talked a lot about william barnes and then Cavassier-Smoke and Anthony Grant. So I feel that we've kind of hit on them already, and you know, not a whole lot needs to be said. I guess one thing, though, real quick, it just popped into my mind. Do you think that between Cavassier-Smoke and Anthony Grant, is it a situation where you think it will kind of be a first-come, first-served, or do you think that Carolina might hold spots for both if the situation arose where both wanted to commit?
0: From what I've been told, North Carolina will only take a third, because remember they they have Devin Lawrence and um, Javante Williams committed, and so and, and on top of that, it, it's gonna it would be very difficult to to for a fourth running back to jump on board, because obviously you know, all, with all three that North Carolina is looking at, and you mentioned Cavassier, smoke. And Anthony Grant who are visiting this weekend, but you we also have Michael Salahuddin, who officially visited in September, and he's kind of still in there. And and all of the all three of those guys are being heavily recruited by um you know Power Five schools. So, you know, th- there, there there is a possibility that North Carolina doesn't get any of them. I mean the hope is that they land one of them, but there is a possibility they don't get any of them. So to land two of them, it would be slim to none odds, really.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, and as you mentioned, I mean, with Salahuddin having his official visit a while ago, I know the staff is trying to get him back for an unofficial visit before signing day. We shall see what happens with that. But I think it's a good opportunity to try and at least close out one of these guys. Um, Because as you said, I mean, the worry is that Carolina could end up with none of the three. So I think if the UNC staff is able to at least maybe land one this weekend, I think they would probably take it. Would you agree with that, Don? Oh yeah, yeah.
0: If if one of them wants to commit this weekend, they would take it. When it comes to running backs, I guess I I try not to let anything surprise me when it comes to recruiting. I don't anticipate either one of them committing this weekend just because they both have visits elsewhere and they're interested in those other schools they they have to visit or they plan on visiting um, later on in this in this month.
1: That's good to know. I mean, stranger things have definitely happened, but. Um I think it's important to have, you know, maybe the right perspective going into the weekend. Mm-hmm. The other name that I did want to talk to you about is Ed Montillis. So Ed Montillis as you mentioned is the teammate of William Barnes and mm-hmm. we have not talked too much about Montillis. Now, I know that he's a three-star offensive guard in his own right, um not the four-star that William Barnes is, but by all accounts he's still a good player. Mm-hmm. Is this You know, this is not maybe that situation that you hear of where someone has a teammate who might not quite be up to the normal level, but a school will still offer two teammates in order to get the higher-ranked one.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't see this as that situation at all, though.
0: No, I think that it... I think he's definitely a solid offensive lineman and a kid who. I mean, the other schools that are looking at him are SEC schools, so he's not um, some kid who's probably an FCS kid. He's he's a legit FBS recruit, being a teammate and being not only being a team, but being very very close with William Barnes. From my understanding, you know the, the families of the two are very very close. I think that it's very smart for schools that want to land William Barnes to also recruit ed pretty heavily and not just with north carolina but they both are taking official visits to auburn in the that first weekend of february right before the signing day and they also both are scheduled to take an official visit to old miss the same weekend which i believe it's the weekend following their unc official visit and some of that too is is both of them want to play together in college so and schools recognize that and realize that hey you know if we don't have room for Ed. And we probably don't have a shot with with William. But as you mentioned, it's not he's a kid that you would still recruit if you needed an offensive guard. And, you know, and it didn't just necessarily help you out with um, Barnes.
1: Now, how many offensive linemen do you think the staff would still take at this point?
0: Depending on the breakdown and who they are, um, you could see two to three being added to this class.
1: Okay, let's say who would potentially so I'm assuming um Barnes and Ed would be two. If there is a third, who do you think that the staff might be looking at? Or if they landed those two, do you think they might wrap it up?
0: I think to be honest with you, as far as I mean UNC has a chance to land any of any of the the players that are officially visiting this weekend. But um if you were asking me who has the greatest chance of coming out of this weekend, a verbal commit. I would go with Azudu because his family, or um, they, a lot of people say that they're big on academics. And we know that, yeah, the academics are important, but it's not the number one thing. The number one thing is football. Well, Azudu is not from the United States. I believe he's, um, I want to say he's Nigerian. I'd have to go check my notes to be sure. So his parents, they don't care about sports whatsoever. They don't care about football. It's great that their son is involved in an activity outside of school, but but connected to school. It's great that it's going to provide him the ability to go to college paid for, but their focus is on academics. And so if you look at the only other school that he has officially visited is Virginia, which is also a, a school with a high academic reputation. I know that from what i've been told by talking to Joshua and then also talking to sources is that um Azudu and his family are very very impressed with UNC's academic situation and i think if that um impression continues during this weekend he could potentially end up a, a verbal commitment before before the uh the weekend
1: ends so if you had to kind of make a best educated guess at this point On who might commit over the weekend would he be the number one on that list overall for you yeah yeah absolutely absolutely okay any other guys that you think might be on sort of commit watch not no i don't i wouldn't put
0: anybody else on commit watch you know because all these guys have official visits scheduled beyond this weekend Mm -hmm. and you know I just feel like all of them will want to take additional visits before making a decision. Several of them have already said, hey, you know, I might make a decision before the end of this month, but I'm not going to announce it on signing day. And, you know, uh, William Barnes, Edmontillis, uh, Jamarcus Chapman, those are the guys that kind of fall into, um, into that category. They actually want to have you know, ceremonies at their high school to announce it on signing day in front of their community.
1: Now, aside from Chapman, who we have not talked a whole lot about, I think he might have been a little bit of a late addition to the recruiting board. Aside from him, who else is still left at defensive tackle? I know Sandage is still out there. Is it basically just Sandage and Chapman at this point?
0: For the most part, yes, but the staff is still exploring options and still looking at potential guys who could have fallen through the cracks guys who may be committed to a school defense alignment who might be committed to a school, but did not sign in December and uh-huh. kind of trying to find out why that is. So um, there are a couple of prospects who haven't been offered yet that, that UNC is, is talking to, but obviously Chapman and Sandage are one a and one B and, and that's North Carolina's focus right now. Anybody else, they, would probably wouldn't be in play unless UNC struck out in both
1: of them. And then at the wide receiver position, the seventh name that we haven't uh, mentioned yet from your article was Antoine Green, the wide receiver out of Florida. Personally, I think Green is leaning towards Carolina right now. But he is someone that I think could really help out, round out this wide receiver class because he's actually a little bit of a different wide receiver in terms of build than Jordan Adams and Diami and Brown. So I think he's also a very important recruit for this class.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree 100%. You know, De'Ami Brown and Jordan Adams are, I guess, um, smaller receivers. Neither one of them are. I mean, they're both above six feet but uh, Antoine Green is listed at six two, six three ish but he's also long. He's a basketball player, so he has plenty of hops, and, and he's an interesting situation because he was committed to Florida State for a long time, and once they had their changes along their, within their coaching staff with Jimbo Fisher leaving for Texas A&M, he opened things up. He did take an official visit to Florida State before the end of December and did not recommit to the Seminoles, which I thought was a pretty good sign that he truly is wide open. But uh, you know, he he has some big time official visits coming up with Ohio State and Old Miss and Tennessee. So um, I don't expect him to make any sort of decision anytime soon. But you know, he did. In a report that we posted earlier this week, he came out and said that heading into these trips that he was leaning towards North Carolina. And I was surprised, to be honest with you, that he said that. Even if he is feeling that, usually recruits kind of keep that information to themselves. So I think that's pretty telling that he's not afraid to kind of express his feelings and put it out there that, hey, North Carolina is the team to beat. So it's going to be interesting to see if North Carolina can make the strong impression and that if that impression holds through these uh, additional official visits.
1: Well, and I think it's a good sign, too, that Jordan is going to be taking his official visit as well. Not only are uncommitted guys coming to Chapel Hill for this big-time official visit weekend, but also some committed prospects are as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and that's by design, because the thinking is is that the committed guys will be able to help with the uncommitted guys, because while the official visitors spend a lot of time with the coaches and their hosts and, and everything like that, they they're with almost the entire time. They're with their fellow official visitors, even in times where the where the coaches aren't around. So if you have someone who's constantly around them, constantly um, recruiting them, and not only that, building a bond with them, that's only going to help North Carolina's chances.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and and I think it's also a big time help when you have guys that have just a lot of charisma and personality to them. Um, thinking of Jordan again, uh, maybe a Javon Terry those type of guys so I, I definitely agree that that's by design and hopefully it ends up paying out for the tar heels and we'll go ahead and wrap this one up to get the full scoop on the official visitors check out the insidecarolina.com tar pit premium message board thanks again
0: thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of unc sports your home for tar heel football
1: basketball and recruiting